You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Before we get started today, I want to let my listeners know that going forward, I will use this platform to not only entertain you, but to help bring about change. I have been looking inwards at myself and decided that I will be more active in the Black Lives Matter global network. I must do my part to end systematic racism. I know that through continued self-education and listening, I can help bring equality, justice, and healing to the Black community. Listed in the text of this interview are various organizations you can donate to that support Black lives everywhere. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, and on today's episode of Burying It All with Call Me Adam on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am chatting with opera singer Graham J. Hi, Graham. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm grand. Well, sure, I'm surviving like everybody else during the plague. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited that you're on the show um, because it's been about two two years, two to three years since right. our last interview. So I'm thrilled yes. that we get to reconnect um, and we have some exciting things to talk about with your career. But like you mentioned, we are in the midst of a pandemic, of a global pandemic. And um, here... Uh, in the U.S. and I kind of want to see what it's like. You're in Ireland, so I, yeah. I, I want to see. So we've been going through. Um, a, there's been a lot of protests over the death of George Floyd, um, and there's a whole global network, Black Lives Matter, um, to help get justice for yes. um, for his for his death. So I want to know um, how has that transcended outside the US and like, like where you are in Ireland, um, are people protesting? Are people looking for change? Yes. Um, well, there, there have been quite a lot of protests. So we had a big protest at the weekend and um, people met on our main street here in Dublin, which is O'Connell Street. There was a big, big crowd and they went down to the American embassy in Ballsbridge and um, kind of made a bit of a ruckus out there. And then smaller towns around the country have also had like little parades, uh, or not like parades, sorry, excuse me, protests and gatherings, um, you know. And it, it's been very peaceful, obviously, because like Ireland... We don't, we do, I'm not going to say that we don't have a racism problem. We do. It's not quite anything near the scale that it is in the US Mm -hmm. because like our culture itself grew out of of racism. We had 800 years of oppression. So, you know, we were the slaves of the English and this is true. You know, our history is well documented. So it's not so much that we we're, we have like what you guys experience, like the, the actual out and out racism. Ours mm-hmm. is more sort of, it's more sort of, um, what would be the word? It's more sort of a political bias. So for our refugee mm-hmm. communities, we have a thing called direct provision. So a lot mm-hmm. of them are kept living in poverty um, while they're waiting on their status to be changed. And that, I mean, it is terrible. Some people have been living in these tiny little hotels and stuff. It's not quite what you experience where the police go and attack you for the color of your skin and things mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's nothing near that scale, but it's still, it's still, it's still quite a terrible thing, you know? Um, I mean, I can't believe in 2020 we're still having these problems. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I, I know. I know. Are the protests, did they have just that one weekend of protests or have they been continuing to protest? Like like here, the protests are still going on. So we've had about now two weeks of protests. Over here, we, we literally just had, had the few over the weekend. And that was, I mean, mm-hmm. it, we're such a small country. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of like one day kind of for everybody to get together. And also because we are in the pandemic and people are also extremely aware of that, that we need Mm -hmm. to kind of look after each other. So, I mean, we did, they, everybody marched and stuff. I mean, there's still, there's still like, it's still on the news and there's still all the the hashtag and the tweeting and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. So that's still going on, but it's not, as I said, and, and, and we actually had our, we have our, our, our Congress would be called the doll. Uh-huh. So it, there were speeches in the doll given by our by our elected officials and, you know, about ending direct provision 
which is which which is as I said to you earlier is is the problem that we're having, right? And kind of allowing people to, to to live freely and with dignity. So, I mean, because they're saying like it is systemic racism. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Did people wear um, wear masks at the march? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. They did most. They did mostly. Yeah. And I know, I know, because we get a lot. We we also are we see all the 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 um, the news from from England and then from around around, around Europe. So I mm-hmm. do know, like the protests in England are still ongoing. And at the weekend, they they toppled um, the statue of I can't think of the name of the guy, but it was in Bristol, um, and he mm-hmm. was one of the the original slave traders. Yeah, like, I think seventeen. I think he was responsible for like seventeen thousand deaths or something like wow. that on on the on the ships. Mm-hmm. Um, so they toppled his statue and they threw it in the in in the sea or the river. I can't remember which. It was in the harbor anyway. And mm-hmm. um, they uh, so like they 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 were quite they were they're much more violent than than ours because there's obviously mm-hmm. much more ethnic diversity. Where Ireland, we've yeah. only sort of started to see ethnic diversity say in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and we're as I said, our country there's only like four and a half million people living here, so it's mm-hmm. it's very you know. Um, our population is 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 only now starting to sort of see immigrants and stuff like that. So mm. it's it's slightly different, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How are people? Um, how how accepting is everyone there of of the diversity coming in? Oh, for generally, for the most part, uh, it's uh, Ireland has changed so much in the last twenty years since since even. I mean, I'm I'm of an age. <laughs> <laughs> No, we both are. Age, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 41. Shh, let's never say that again. And in the last 20 years, Ireland has transformed beyond anything I could ever have imagined or hoped for. Mm. I mean, since, since we ended the rule more or less of the Catholic church in this country, Mm-hmm. And we we have just made leaps and bounds for equality. I mean, we have gay marriage, as you know, and yeah. we were the first country in the world to legalize it by popular vote. We now have um, we now have uh, women have rights uh, over their own bodies, mm-hmm. which you know, wow. and we. I mean, even, I remember getting divorced in the in 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 the eighties. I mean, that was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, when they allowed divorce to happen, and since all those since we kind of really did start to separate church and state, the society changed and it became much more egalitarian and civil rights took, took a huge leap forward is particularly in the last 10 years. That's wonderful. Mm, mm. That's really great. And, um, as, as we had mentioned earlier, we're, we're also in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so right before the interview, we were just starting to talk about the, the differences between New York and Ireland with that. So you, you were saying that now you've started to, uh, Ireland has started to open up a little bit? Yes. Um, wow. We, to be fair, I don't often give our government credit. Um, <laughs> I never do. Um, but we have, they have done a great job in protecting us. Mm-hmm. And um, we locked down pretty much immediately in February when all this started and when it was recommended and um, people have been so good and like, yeah, we're queuing for things. I don't know. We were discussing social distancing before we came on air. Like, yes. you know, everybody kind of has to stand there two meters apart and, and like mm-hmm. all over our shops on the floors, they have like these yellow spots mm-hmm. that you stand on and they're all spaced out and outside the shops as well. Um, but actually the wonderful thing that's happened is we have regained our sense of community, mm. which is which is really lovely to see. People genuinely are looking out for each other. I mean, mm-hmm. I live I I live in the city centre, uh, which is, which is right in the heart of the city of Dublin. I live in, in a place called Stony Batter in Smithfield, which is this huge um, artistic community. Um, mm. It's it's kind of like I suppose um, what would be the equivalent in New York. Um, where do all the artists live in New York? Let me think oh, like, for a second. So, uh, so, Soho. Soho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's that that kind of idea. So all the artists kind of live live in this community. And it was derelict and run down for years. But then, of course, gentrification and everything else. Um, and so we're having a big... We ha- we st- few, Last year, they started a big music festival. Mm-hmm. And this year, they're going to have it. But it's all going to be done online. Mm-hmm. So 
And where I live, it's been quite eccentric. You're seeing all these lovely people coming around with video cameras and standing outside people's doors and filming them as they're performing for this little video. So it's really cool. Um, Are you part of that music festival? I am indeed, yes. Terrific, terrific. um, They asked me to submit a video, so I did. Um, And um, there's... uh, So there has been a lot of people looking out for each other, like in my building my apartment building um there's a lot of signs going if you need any help with your messages if you're ill and stuff like that people call this number like Mm. different people in the in the apartment so one of my friends who lives kind of upstairs he Uh became he became ill at the start of this so i was doing his shopping for him and now Mm. he's now he's better he's doing shopping for other people so it's been kind of like you know a very it's it's been lovely to see and in the shops people are being very patient and and Mm -hmm. kind to one another oh that's good that's really good it's nice to hear that people are really helping each other and um so now what what phase of the reopening are you are you in we literally from monday went into phase two so now i can officially go and visit my family oh that's wonderful so beforehand they kind of slightly lessened things so i was able to travel over to my mum's but i wasn't allowed to go into her house Mm -hmm. so i had to sit in the garden and talk through the window yes Mm -hmm. which was quite funny (laughs) Um, but again you know these things have to be done and because i couldn't we and we couldn't physically torture anything like that so that we're now in that phase that i'm allowed i'm allowed to go into her house and talk to her and while maintaining social distance Mm -hmm. and you can have a meal with your family but you're allowed to have four people four people from your family into your home okay which is nice and um so it, it so that 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 that's good and we're allowed now within our counties we're allowed to travel anywhere within within this within our own our own counties so mm-hmm. i can go anywhere in dublin um i'm not allowed to say go to wexford or wicklow um but that's fair enough like there's plenty to do in dublin um, and but, <laughs> and and what what another thing that has happened is like a lot of the shops have opened so a big part of our culture as you know is going out i mean the stereotype is that the irish do like to have their drink yes um so what has happened is all of our pubs are now doing takeaways. Mm. So you can go to um, the pub and get your drink. They'll they'll come to the uh, the door and they'll give you your drink in a, like a, a takeaway kind of tray, you know, that they put uh-huh. coffees into. Yes. And, and you pay a little deposit for the glass and then you you take that off home and then you bring back the glasses and you get your deposit back. <laughs> it's quite oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. We just, in New York City, we just started with phase one. So certain businesses can go back to work um some stores have opened for curbside sales um restaurants and bars are still either takeout or delivery Mm -hmm. Uh, i think we're supposed to start phase two next week i think some of it depends on you know of course how this week goes with the reopening and and if the if if there's um I guess depending on how many new cases there are or or something. But yeah, we're set for phase 2 next week. So slowly but surely things are are going to be opening up again. Okay. So that's good. And um I'm glad to hear that that you are still doing music um even in this pandemic and you're able to be part of this music festival and you also actually just released a new song called For the Best. I did. Yes. Um so now did you record that song before the pandemic or did you record it during the pandemic no i was very lucky i had recorded a whole new project uh, uh, I, I was invited to london in december by fh block this big studio um they they're behind hits like beyonce's running and mm-hmm. all the sam smith stuff and they literally anybody who's anybody has been through their hands so they contacted me and brought me over um, in in January, or, well, I went over and met them in December, and it was arranged mm-hmm. for me to come over. So I spent a week there, thanks be to God, in 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 January recording everything. And I literally got back um, three days before our country got it went into lockdown. I was wow. so lucky. Wow, so, that's very lucky. So everything has kind of been done. Everything was done online then afterwards. The only uh-huh. thing that we haven't done is for this particular song is a video because we couldn't go to film it anywhere because. Right. You were on lockdown. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it, it, the first, it is the first song in a, in a series of, 
of these recordings and mm-hmm. um the, um, the next song, we, which is coming out, I think in September. I know we'll go back to that, but uh, we'll go yeah. back to that. <laughs> but uh, there will hopefully be a video for that. So, oh, terrific, terrific. Uh, what's the name of the new song that's going to come out in September? Just so people can keep their ears out. It is going to be called. Now you're putting me on the spot, and I'm having a memory blank. I found you. There we go. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, it, and it's it's very. Um, it's it it'll be big. It's going to be a big power ballad, which is my thing. And um, mm. it's going to be. Uh, it, it actually our strings have been done by the guy who does the strings for Adele. So it's oh, that, wow. it's like that that kind of sound world. Uh-huh. Oh, terrific! Um, so I'm really excited about that. And um, yeah, no, I I I I was very lucky that F Block they came across a video of me online singing uh, my my version of Take on Me by Aha. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes. Oh, I love and, that song. And they loved what I did with it and they loved my voice. So they rang me and said, or they rang my agent, oh, they rang me. Uh, <laughs> and um, I should say, I sound so pretentious, but you know. And so <laughs> That's they, how it works in the business. Yeah. They rang my agent. Oh, that sounds so bad. I hate saying that. Um, <laughs> and they were like, um, would he, would he, you know, we'd love to work with him. Can he come over? So we had a, a good discussion. I'm kind of like, I'm a jazz and cabaret singer, former opera singer. Mm-hmm. And you want me to sing pop music? okay so um fine so they, they were like oh yeah no you know you'll have to just trust us you know blah but the high male voice is in and i'm like mm-hmm. you do you do realize i'm <clears throat> one years of age and <laughs> and they were like yeah yeah that's no problem uh, because music is changing and we're looking for older singers who have mm. maturity because they're looking for people who actually have the gravitas to sing yes with emotion and connection and they're saying like you have this really well trained high voice Mm -hmm. um and then and it sounds like no one else and then you have like oomph emotionally when you sing yes so i'm like okay let's go with this we'll roll with the punches and i you know it it was great crack i'm i'm I'm, i've had i had such a lovely time and everybody thinks it's like all rock and roll and they're going to be screaming at me and everything else no, it's a cup of tea and pastry. Yes, <laughs> yes. Know? But this is a different, um, these recordings that you're doing now, it is a, a different direction yes. than, you're, than you're accustomed to or that you have been doing. Yeah. So what, what, is, what have been some challenges for you in learning this n- new style or is it something that you just picked up so easily? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, the thing is, I it's more like I adapted to the style rather than I changed for it. If mm-hmm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm, so, yes. um, like, I I've always worked from the assumption that music is music is music, and mm-hmm. if the quality if the quality of the music is good, it speaks for itself. Yes. So um, now we had I had a, I had creative input into everything. Um, mm-hmm. Like they let me go off and do whatever I wanted to do with the songs and riffs and things, and I was allowed to change lyrics because sometimes. The lyrics were, um, well, let's just say they used colloquialisms I wouldn't use when I speak, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because of being a, a man of my age. And I couldn't kind of get away with certain expressions because I'm kind of like, um, I'm not 12, <laughs> you know, and no one's going to believe that. Um, so, you know, it, but it was just a very different and relaxed. It, the whole thing was so chilled and relaxed, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lovely couple of days and, and the, the producer and the songwriters were just so lovely to work with. It was just really, really nice. And and as I said, they they were open to me kind of going, well, I want to put in this riff here and do this and this and this. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, no problem. So it was really good. Um, for me, I've been experimenting in my own songwriting with more of a popular style anyway. And mm-hmm. um, so the chance to work with people who have worked with Adele and people who have worked with Sam Smith and to, to start working in that, in that genre and soundscape, which is where I want to be anyway, mm-hmm. was, was like, it was just like a gift from the gods. That's so exciting. Mm. I do get a chance to listen to the song before our interview. And I love the song. I love that it's about second chances that you, it's like you have this love of your life you break up but then you find your way back to each other um so i mean i have to ask was it was this did you write this song based on a experience that you had well that you have found your way back to someone 
I I didn't actually write this song. Um, I just I just had a bit of input. It was actually given to me by a guy called Josh Josh McClelland. He wrote mm. it. Um, he's he's one of the big wigs over in in FH Block. So I'm not claiming I wrote this song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, as I said, I did get a lot of input into it. Um, mm-hmm. but yes, when when we were discussing, so I did change some of the text, obviously to make it sound like an adult was singing and not like a 12 year old girl. Right. Um, so, <laughs> um, we did, we did, um, have discussions about it and which was cool. Um, but yeah, it is it, it like he was when I was discussing it with him, I was like, well, you know, what do you want me to do with it? How do you, what emotion do you want me to put through it? And he said, well, he said, well, how do you feel about it? And I said, well, I said, for me, this song is about, is about one of those unusual relationships that we all have, you know, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like, will they, won't they, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Slide, as I call them, I like to call them sliding doors. And I've, <laughs> I've had several of those in my life. It's mm-hmm. like, are we ever going to get it together? You know, is like, seriously, you know, we're kind of adults now. This needs to kind of change. You know, it's either like, I'm not sure if I can say that because it's a rather rude expression. (laughs) You know, we have an expression here, you know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sanitize it for you. So it's like, it's uh, number two or get off the pot. Right. Right. We have that expression here too. Shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Oh, so I wasn't sure if I could say it. Yeah. No, you could say it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, you know, shit or get off the pot. So, um, yeah. Um, it, I, th- I, you know, we've all had those, and 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 to me, that's what the song is about. So mm-hmm. I, I like to think of this 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 particular project that I'm doing with the guys as 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 pop for adults. Yes, I love that. Well, I am too of a certain age, actually a little older than you. Really? Uh, yes. No. Yes. Yes. If you add three, soon if you add four, that will be me. Oh my God! Who did you sell your soul to? Yeah, <laughs> really? Origin, Origin skincare products. Yeah, wow. yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I, I actually, be really, really honest, and I, I think you should forever do your interviews clearly on, 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 on over, over the internet because I was kind of thinking you must be about like twenty five. Oh, I love you! <laughs> wow, oh, that just made my day. Well, I will continue to do my interviews over the internet, so this way, that's what everybody will think, and I will f- be forever grateful because I always want to be 25. So <laughs> forever 25, forever 25. I mean, th- my 25 was a great year for me. So, um, I mean, that was the first year. That was the first time I ever got to see Olivia Newton John live in concert. And I was in Boston. I was ninth row center and it was just like the most amazing birthday ever. So, wow. yeah. So if that's what people will think of me forever, that will be fine with me. <laughs> well, I have to say now, I know we're we're joking, but I I'm actually loving um my my forties so far. Um, yes, I am too. I'm I'm having I literally am having the most wonderful time. The only disappointing thing is I was booked to go and see Diana Ross twice during during the summer. Literally in the space here, I was going to see her in London, and she was coming to Dublin to sing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's all cancelled. But you right. know, what? there's oh. next year. She'll be there yes. next year. Yes, she will definitely reschedule. You know, and I was really looking forward to that because I've never seen Diana Ross live. Oh, Um, well, next year then. Exactly. Um, Yes. So, no, I mean, these like it's just life. And, you know, we're 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 lucky that we're still we still have our health. And yes, exactly. One hundred percent. We're very lucky. Um, Speaking of of sort of getting older and everything, um, we're going to go into a little serious matter here Mm -hmm. um so uh you have actually had two strokes three three oh wow so can you talk to us a little bit about um when they were sort of how they changed you what um what i mean sort of everything you went through yeah um when i was uh, a teenager i was diagnosed with a condition called atrial fibrillation Mm-hmm. which means the chambers of the heart are beating in different rhythms. Mm. So typical, I had to be very musical, even down to my heartbeat. <laughs> I had to be different. And um, so I, that was all very well controlled with medication, more or less, for a couple of years. I had a few mm-hmm. things where they kind of shocked me and did things, but never mm-hmm. quite worked. Then when I was 29, um, I had 
I had I was just really not feeling very well all year and I'd moved back to from London I was living in London at the time and I moved back to to Dublin Mm -hmm. and um I was just exhausted pretty much all the time and um the night the night of the first stroke um I was I had gone to bed with this terrible pain in my head I mean I thought it was a migraine it was that bad Mm -hmm. so Mm. I'd gone to lie down but I woke up in the middle of the night and I was completely paralyzed down one side of my body Oh wow! Yeah, and I, I, I just, I, I managed to get out of my bed, and my, my, I was living, I had was living with my parents at the time, and my youngest brother, who was still living here, he wasn't married, um, mm. was coming in from a date, and he, I'd managed somehow to get out of my bedroom and get onto the landing, mm. and uh, he found me there with his girlfriend, so obviously I was rushed to the hospital. And they did all whatever tests they need, and they they discovered that I had had a stroke. So I had, uh-huh. I still to this day have a clot in my brain. Uh huh. Oh my god. From from the stroke. Um. And then I had two after that. But in the middle of this, I was diagnosed with what was called cardiomyopathy. So mm-hmm. if you've ever seen beaches, which I'm sure you have. Yes. <laughs> the disease that she dies from mm-hmm. is it's the same disease. Mm. So now, obviously, there's a big difference between the 90s and the noughties and, of course, the 80s. So um, I went to see this consultant and he looked at me and said, look, we have this new procedure. It's very new. It's called Mm. uh, it's called a cardiac maze and we'll need to do a ventricular appendectomy. And I went, "Okay." So he said, if you don't have it, you will be dead within six months. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, fair enough. I, I'm very practical about these things. I don't panic. It's really, really funny. Yeah. And, and um, my father, on the other hand, was like, oh my God. He was like the Wailing Wall of Jerusalem. He was like, <laughs> oh my God, my son. Oh. And, um, you know, but that's why we love our dads. Yes. And yes. Um, so, <laughs> and it was, it was literally two weeks before Christmas. And he came home and he's like, he can't have the operation. If something happens to him, Christmas will never be the same again. <laughs> and my mother's like, if something happens to him, Christmas will never be the same again. <laughs> you know, so this was the drama we were going to. But anyway, oh I God. went into hospital and two days before Christmas, I had this massive procedure. So how did that whole experience change you? I mean, did you have a different perspective on life after that? Or did you kind of, since you said you are so matter of fact with it, did you just sort of continue on as you were well i did i tell you what um i i found i i kind of figured i'd, I'd pick up things like i my music was always my saving grace mm-hmm. so i knew i knew i wanted to go back to sing so it was coming up to the 250th anniversary of handle and um i had been booked to do the handle the Handel celebration in the church where he wrote the Messiah. Oh, wow. So I was like, I'm not passing that one up. So <laughs> um, t- I had 10 weeks to force myself to recover. And you yeah, did it. I did from open wow. heart surgery. Wow. Uh, and um, I got this like, but they're like, but you won't be able to sing. I will be able to sing. I can <laughs> tell you now. And I was. And I did the whole concert. It was grand. And I didn't sing then for a couple of months afterwards, but I did it. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have, but I did. And um, so I, I, I'm i kind of like one of these people, if you tell me I can't do something, I'll find a way to do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's so, great. Sorry? That's gr- um, no, I was just going to say that's that's a great like determination and push to you know that you were like I have to get well enough to do this and probably that mindset helped you get there. Yeah, I mean and I I I I do tend to try and be a positive person because mm-hmm. you know we all go through stuff in life and um it is it is it's it's how we deal with it is the test of how how strong our character is. Yes. Um, and I think um I like I've never let my health hold me back because if mm-hmm. I did, I wouldn't have done half the things I do. But right. actually, to be fair, since I had had this operation, I haven't looked back. I mean, I now I I kind of go to the gym all the time and I I, go, I, I do 20 kilometers every day. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. And then I, I work out maybe twice a day in, in my gym. 
um, mm. and do you know so I'm I've, I've got really into fitness but not like because I want to be buff or anything it's just because I want to live till I'm like 60 whatever or whatever <laughs> you know um I want to live without without middle-aged discomfort yes. so so that's kind of why I, I and I, I really enjoy it so um so you know it was a, it was a tough road I mean it wasn't always easy yeah um, um but like because there were challenges and some of them were quite difficult but I did it that's wonderful. Well, congratulations on doing it and and getting to to find a, a road to to health and to stay healthy. I mean, that's really really wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And wh- while we're on the the heavy subjects, we're gonna go one more heavy subject and then we'll get back to some more lighthearted stuff. But now, um, you were married, and your husband uh, committed suicide. He did. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, how do you how do you pick yourself back up from that i mean sort of like did and what was it like for you like leading up to it did you did you ever did you ever blame yourself did you ever um you know what was like all your thought process about it um well it came completely out of the blue Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, um, we'd been having a rough year, not with ourselves, but just with stuff in general. I, I, my health had been challenging me again. I had had the third of the three strokes, uh-huh. and um, I had to have a touch-up operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I was I was recovering, and I was I had gone back to singing. So I I actually and he had my he, he was I'll be honest he was a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, he had. A, a PhD in both physics and maths. Wow. Yeah. So he had been headhunted for a job um, that he, he really wanted. So I encouraged him to go to it. And he was there for six months. And I don't know how things work over there, but over here, if you're in a job for six months, they have to make you permanent. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you get all your proper rights and blah, 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 blah. So, um, he was every month he was coming home from the job and he was having all these performance reviews and um, everything was marvelous. Everything was wonderful. And then the very last one, when they had to give him his permanency, they decided, Mm -hmm. Oh no, he wasn't right for the job. That wasn't the right fit. It wasn't this, that, and the other. And I suspect their funding had fallen through Mm -hmm. and rather than be upfront and honest, they, they got rid of him and he spiraled out of control. Mm. Um, and he'd started to go into deep depression. Now, a friend of ours gave him a job, and that was fine. And then he he had he was he, he got her company back on the straight and narrow, and by de- developing some software because that's what he ended up being a software engineer. And then um, he uh, got a lecturing job, and he mm-hmm. had gone back to lecturing. I had just gone back to to singing, so I had been invited to go and sing at English National Opera. Mm-hmm. And so I'd flown over to do to do some work with with them, and um, we I was we were auditioning to work on a modern opera, mm-hmm. and a brand new one. And um, so I'd gone over for all of that, and I was doing stuff at the opera studio and a few concerts and whatever in London. So I actually genuinely thought everything was perfect. Life was back to normal. We were going mm-hmm. to be fine. Mm-hmm. And um, so. <laughs> On the day it happened, he was sending me all these bizarre text messages. He'd lost his phone on the bus to work, but we mm-hmm. always had burner phones. So he got a clone, a, a, a cloned SIM and put it in and was texting me. And he's like, he was like messaging me. And like, of course, I'm like me. I'm like, how the did you lose your, your phone? You mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. As you would do normal kind of couple talk. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, um, can you talk to me? No, I can't talk to you. I'm going on bloody stage in a few minutes. What do you, I'll talk to you later, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And of course, not thinking you know right right so i i was on my way home after after the day and um i never forget it i had this most peculiar sense of foreboding and dread mm-hmm. at six o'clock i will remember it to the day i die mm-hmm. and um i kept trying to ring him and no matter what happened i couldn't get through my phone mm-hmm. wouldn't work i kept ringing him and ringing him so i got back because i was staying with my uncle who lives in london and mm-hmm. um I was I had dinner with him and his partner, and um, we were. I, I'd gone up to the room and I was trying to make phone calls, and I couldn't get through. And so at eleven o'clock, eventually the phone is answered, 
and this voice, this gruff country voice goes, and who are you? And I'm like, uh, well, my name is Graham. I'm blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, uh, and what's your relationship to Declan McShit? And I said, um, I'm his partner. And he said, mm-hmm. what do you mean you're his partner? And I said, well, it's 2013. Do the maths. <laughs> and he says to me, well, I've no other way to tell you this. He's dead. Oh, my God. That's how I found out. So wow. I started screaming, naturally mm-hmm. enough. I, you know, I was given my best Beverly Sills all over the house. And mm-hmm. um, everybody, my uncle and stuff, ran, wondered what's happening. So literally from that moment on, my whole life became was plunged into darkness for about really for a very long time. And it was, I would describe as the worst year of my life Mm -hmm. Um, because you have to deal with all the practicalities when you want the world to stop. Yes. And that's, there's so much goes on in your head. You have feelings of guilt. You have feelings of, of uh, rejection. You've anger. Mm -hmm. Um, then I, I like, I, I have to say my family are amazing. I'm very lucky with the type of family that I have. So my, um, my mother had me in counseling mm-hmm. within two weeks. Wow. And then also she knows, uh, this is probably a bit eccentric of me to say, I'm quite into spirituality. Huh. So she heard an advertisement on a radio for, um, a mind, body, and spirit fair, and she took me to see a medium. Mm-hmm. Also mm. within the space of a month, so um, that kind of helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them, obviously. Um, the the medium, you know, whether you believe in it or not, uh, I got great comfort out of it, and I felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, then, but but I mean, I went into such a dark depression for about at least six months um i i literally all i could do was get out of bed and walk the dog i didn't Mm -hmm. want to see anybody didn't want to look at anybody i just wanted to be left alone um and then because when you end up in this situation like this you then have to rediscover yourself as a person Mm -hmm. and um you have to figure out well what's important to me who am i where am i going what's happening in my life because you you've literally everything has just collapsed around you. Right. So your your identity as, you know, obviously one always has one's own identity, but one is also, also has an identity as a couple, mm-hmm. you know, and you have dreams and goals and ambitions. Yes. And yes. they all come to an end. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you have plans and where you're going in life and, you know, you see the path and that's suddenly all, all, all black. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had a lot of residual anger towards him for doing this to mm. me. And sometimes mm. it's like the old expression, if you weren't dead, I'd kill you my feckin' self. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, and as you do, you know, I mean, and, you know, it, it, it these are all natural things that you will, uh, you experience. And um, anger is part of it and you have to deal with that. And then also like, I'm going to like, when I eventually found myself in, in what I thought now bear in mind I said in what I thought yes. yeah. was was the right headspace to to date again. Mm. Now this was this was over a year, I will be honest. It was over a year and um it was far too soon because I spent three days in bed crying because I had felt that I had committed adultery. It was mm. just the weirdest weirdest thing and i know we were one of those old-fashioned sort of antiquated gay couples who believed in monogamy so (laughs) no judges no judges no no look i'm right there with you my my boyfriend and i are are monogamous as well yeah and um so when i i mean you know god the poor fella when i think back in it jesus christ (laughs) i literally just burst into tears and it was all done and just could not stop crying so um but yeah (laughs) but you know again that is a human thing and that was the extent of our love and Mm -hmm. um i find i found uh i found the grieving process there were moments where i just laugh Mm -hmm. there were moments where i would i would um 
you know, cry and you just have to go with it because you have to yeah. allow yourself to go with the gamut because you really don't know what's going to happen. Right. And But again, music saved me. Mm. And I think this was the defining moment of my life mm. because I decided to stop being an opera singer and to start singing what I wanted to sing and start making myself happy rather than trying to make other people happy and fit in with their 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 whims. And mm-hmm. then that has led me to having some fantastic adventures and um, it set me free to be me. And hence, we're having these conversations like today. Yes. Um, yes. I, I found myself... Um, I, I, for years, I had sneak. I was sneaking in and out of gay bars, jazz clubs, and cabaret places, singing in disguise, mm. <clears throat> and sing. And that was actually, I realised that's what made me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be a torch singer. I, I want to sing music that means something and can touch people. But I want to have the freedom to do it in the way that I want. Mm. And so. I had lost my voice from the shock of all that happened. And that wasn't, it wasn't like an illness or anything. It was literally just a mental block mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. My, my voice is very tied to my emotions. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just couldn't get the energy to sing. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't come out. I, you know, as I said, I couldn't sing my truth. Right. And, right. Um, so I went to uh I, I i got approached by my by my partner he used to sing in gloria which was uh dublin's gay and lesbian choir uh-huh. and he used to sing just as a hobby for the for a bit of crack and um oh by the way crack means fun in irish it's not oh, okay <laughs> it's, it's not methamphetamine it's literally it's c-r-a-i father c and it literally means fun um, so we used to. He, so yeah, whenever you hear an Irish person say that, that's what we mean. That is what we mean. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting that. And Thank you for the clarification. Exactly. And um, so he used to sing in this choir, and they decided that they would have a fundraiser because they'd lost not only my partner, but they'd lost another fella in the choir as well from suicide. Mm-hmm. So they wow. decided to raise funds for this big charity that we have over here called Aware. Mm. and so they approached me and asked me would I sing and mm. I'm kind of like I haven't sung in months mm. I don't even know it's going to come out and my mom says he would have loved you to do it and I'm like mm. yeah I know man but you know blah 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 blah. so I did I, mm. I forced myself to I started practicing got the voice back in shape and I went and I sang and brought the house down and there was somebody there from a record company and he said look I'd love to work with you. What can we do? What would you like to sing? Because when people hear you sing, they go, wow. So I said, um, I, I said, well, I don't want to be an opera singer anymore. I don't want to sing classical music. And I want to do kind of jazz and show tunes. <laughs> I want to be true to me. So so that's kind of where we are. And and that 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 has led to me having some incredible adventures well we are almost at the end of the interview we only have like 10 minutes left so um i know it goes by so fast uh so let's take a quick quick break and when we come back um we'll do some rapid fire questions and we'll talk about some hobbies so don't go anywhere priceline presents go to your happy price what's up it's kaylee cuoco When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. 
However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. Hey everyone, my name is Graham J, and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. So outside of performing, what are some things you like to do? Uh, I love to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. As I said previously, I love the cinema. And mm. I love going to the theatre. Mm-hmm. And I also love to cook. Oh, what do you love to, what are some of your favorite dishes to make? Uh, oh, God. Now, I can I can pretty much cook anything, but I really love curries. Oh. For me, the spicier, the better. Mm. I just made turkey chili yesterday okay. for the first time from, uh, I have one of Cher's cookbooks from like the 80s. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's called um, Cooking with Cher. And um, I made her turkey chili and it turned out pretty good, actually. My boyfriend said it was delicious. So I'm going to have to so go on Amazon and try and find a copy of that book because I know someone who is the biggest Cher fan Oh, ever. really? Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, I got it years ago at a used bookstore, but I'm sure somewhere online you could find it. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's do some rapid fire questions. Um, okay. So, first one is peanut butter, crunchy, or smooth? It would be smooth. Good. Mine too. Mine too. Favorite brand of peanut butter? Uh, well, we have one over here. It's organic, it's called Kelkin. Okay. Okay. We we it's, don't have that. Okay. That I know it's, of. it's very high in protein, so it's kind of good for recovery after work. It's, oh my God, I sound ah. like such a, a gym head. I swear to God, I'm not. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, favorite M&M flavor? <gasps> oh, controversial. Salted caramel. Oh. Mm. I don't know that they have that here. Um, they it, it's a special edition. It's only come out like a couple of weeks ago here. Okay, it comes right. like a blue bag. It's gorgeous. Oh, all right, we have regular caramel, so I'll have to keep an eye out for the salted caramel. And what's your favorite M and M color? Red. Mm. I love red. Red is the color of 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 sex. It's the color of passion. Yes, yes. Mine's and, blue. Oh, okay. Why? <laughs> Uh, I mean, blue is my favorite color in general. Fair enough. So um, when, I mean, it was always growing up, my favorite color was green because they didn't have blue growing up. Um, But when blue came out, I remember I was very excited. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go your go-to emoji when texting. It is that little kind of sarcastic smile face. Mm-hmm. I think they call it side eye, isn't that it? Because, yeah, something like that. Because you might have gathered I have quite a sarcastic sense of humor. I do, yes. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of my texts have have a lot of sarcastic things going through them. So <laughs> that's I love it. And how do you take your coffee? Now, I am more of a tea drinker. Okay. But I have I have one cup of coffee with a group of friends every week and we're doing it through social distance. We're still keeping alive. And I always have it with chocolate. So I In always have coffee? Yeah, well I always have a mocha. Yeah. Oh okay. So technically with chocolate. <laughs> yes. Yes. And what's your favorite tea since you are a tea drinker? Um well, we, it's just, it would be referred to in, in the US as English breakfast, but the oh, brand, okay. the brand is, it's, it's from here. It's called Barry's and it's gold label. I bring it oh. everywhere in the world with me when I'm going away to sing. Oh, that's wonderful. Love it. And what's your favorite scent slash smell? Money. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it would be my favorite perfume to wear would be Opium by Yves Saint Laurent for men. Mm. I wear it for I, years. I don't know if you can smell it, but today I'm wearing Cher's cologne. I can smell it from here. Yeah. Ah, even through even through virtual podcasts, Cher's perfume transcends. Well, Cher be her name. Exactly. She is she is the transcendent of everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And my last question, I mean, we've talked a lot about a lot of things today, but if you could bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not told previously, what would you share with me today? Okay. Well, in order to reconnect with myself when, after everything that happened with a, all the heart surgeries and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I took up Tantra. Oh. So I studied, I started t- studying the art of Tantra and I started attending naked yoga classes to fall in love with my body again. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. Mm. Um, so I, I, I learned how to connect to my own sexual energy and uh-huh. uh, to harness it for creative purposes through Tantra. Oh, wow. And what's something that you created from that learning process? Um, well, as I said, I fell in love with my own body, but created, right. I use the energy to put it into my music when I perform. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I can't wait till you come back to the U.S. again so I can see you perform. Um, and uh, everybody listening to this podcast, um, download Graham's new single, For the Best. Be on the lookout for his second single coming in September. And where can everybody find you on social media? Oh, I'm everywhere. Um, I would be on uh, Instagram and Facebook and I have a website. So if you just literally look Graham J Sings and it's G-R-A-H-A-M-J, letter J, Sings, S-I-N-G-S, um, you will find me everywhere. Um, um, I'm all over Spotify. You can contact me on Facebook. You can message me, excuse me, on Instagram or Twitter. Terrific. Well, I'll have all the links in the text of the podcast. And um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved having you. I loved getting to talk to you. Thank you for being so open. Thank you. And you're welcome. Uh, And everybody listening, don't forget to check out all the other podcasts we have on the Broadway Podcast Network. We have over 60 theater and art related podcasts. So keep listening. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story For he happens to be in the know Just ask anybody who's had him at all Lift for the business of show CallMeAdam.com Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam at BroadwayPodcastNetwork.com And Everywhere podcasts are streamed, including iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at CallMeAdamNYC. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, CallMeAdam.com. And finally, if you really want to get involved, become a member of my Patreon page at Patreon.com backslash Call me Adam NYC. There, you'll get exclusive perks, including behind the scene photos, videos, and everybody's favorite swag. <laughs>